a little place, a little place called Aspen. This is the gondola cast with Andrew Wicks. I have to wave at the girl in the gondola behind us. They're looking. <laughs> right? A married man can always wave, right? You can look. So I tell my wife, I'm just looking. <laughs> March, March 1st, start of spring it feels like. I'm on the gondola here with Mr. David Matthews, head distiller and uh, VP of operations for Woody Creek Distillers. Thanks for joining me on a Monday, Dave. Pleasure. Whiskey, Pleasure. whiskey on a Monday. Beautiful, beautiful day here. So, so I'm just I'm just shuffling around in my bag, pulling out something to drink because uh, these rides go faster than you think, right? They they do, <laughs> especially when you're when you're chatting, they kind of go too quick. Well, you said you were skiing out this weekend on Somass. Yeah. Taking yeah. the young one out. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful day yesterday. We managed to managed to get into ski almost the whole day, which is a bit rare. So nice. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. Should, I was I was gonna stop in and see you on the way down, but. Um, I didn't, they were tired. <laughs> it, was time, it was time to get out of there. Oh yeah, no problem. I don't think I got to the shop till about 5 p.m. yesterday anyway, no, so. I would've missed you. I might've missed you. So you, you got, we got a couple of tin flasks here. What, yeah, what I didn't, did you I didn't bring? want to bring a bunch of glass and you know, have it all break in my backpack. <laughs> I'm bound to wipe out. Yeah, good move, <laughs> good move. So I got, I thought we'd start with some weeded bourbon, because you, uh, you just mentioned that in the line a minute ago, so. Yeah, you guys have a limited release out, uh, six year weeded bourbon. Is it 100% wheat, or what's no, the match this bill? one is. Thank you. Not actually too heavy in wheat, it's 12.5%. Yeah. So this is 75% corn, 12.5% wheat, and 12.5% malted barley. Okay. And this is one of the things we've, we started making seven, eight years ago, one of the, one of the very first mash bills we had. A um, couple of years in, we weren't too, weren't too happy about it, so we changed it up and took out the wheat and put in rye instead. So the, our standard bourbon now has rye, and we just kind of put this at the back of the, uh, back of the storage <laughs> and forgot about it for a while and pulled it out about a year ago, and I was like, damn, that's good. Yeah. Which is, um, it's, it's, this is a six-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, I really like it, and uh, yeah, shame, shame you can't go back and change, change, go back in time and change stuff because um, yeah, I wish I'd made more. This, this <laughs> is gonna run out. Well, I think it's fun that it's so limited. Um, it's got kind of beautiful toffee notes, uh, kind of dried fruits, and all yeah. sorts of stuff here. I've been telling people at the store up at Sundance that my, you know, one of my top ten favorites of the year, I think. And we did become popular, especially so with the the Pappy Van Winkle whiskeys and the Weller Twelves. Yeah, yeah. Um, but something you guys had put put down a while ago, and pretty fun. You can just go check in on a barrel, right? See how it's doing. It is weird. Cheers. Cheers. The um, actually, to your, love that one. To, your, to your earlier question, there is some hundred percent wheat somewhere, but I only, oh, yeah? I only made like a dozen barrels of it. Nice. Such a deep guy. It's not, it's not very old yet, but. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we can blend it and make it stretch a little bit when, it can, when, it's, when it's ready. I like it. So now that we got a dram poured, let's kind of take things back to the gang. You're, you're from the UK. Yep. Yeah, I, um, I grew up in uh, a town called Sevenoaks, which is between London and the coast, mm -hmm. south, southeast England. Okay. Went to school there. Um, 
went to university in England. Um, I was actually, I've got to jump back slightly. So I was actually born here. I lived in New Jersey when I was little. Oh yeah. So, so I'm a dual national. So after you know, after I finished university, I started working in London, and the uh, the company I was working for was global, and they I, I let slip that I had an American passport, and the next thing I knew, I was on a plane to New York. <laughs> so I ended up. You were in investment banking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I ended up working in New York, living in Manhattan for about. For most of the 90s, about about 10 years in the end. Oh wow! So, um, despite the accent, I feel accent. I feel very much a, a citizen of both countries. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but both your kids, obviously, born in the states, because the oldest is one, 20. One born in the states and one born. So I, I eventually moved back to well to France and then back and then back to England. So my youngest son was born in England. So is it true? On a quick Google, you went from investment banking to hazelnut farming. Yes, in France or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. how did that just, bridge that occur? Kind of a whim. Yeah. <laughs> I was making a lot of money back then, and uh, now got on the internet one day and was like, "Oh, that looks like a nice place." <laughs> so where was that? That was in um, a town called Aime in southwestern France, so in the Dordogne, near quite near Bordeaux. Okay. About a half hour drive from Bordeaux. So have you ever had an itch to make sort of a frangelico? Type liqueur? Mm, no, I, I have. I do occasionally make um, a pastis type thing, like a yeah. Ricard type. Oh yeah, really? It's, it's pretty easy to get close to the flavor with just some star anise and sugar and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. I haven't done that for a while. Actually, I should do that again. Yeah. So we go from hazelnut farming. I'm sure there's a few things in between. How do you end up in Aspen, Colorado, as just, the master distiller for Woody Creek? Just. Bad luck and poor decision making, I guess. <laughs> like, no, it's um, I'm I'm super happy to be here. It's a beautiful place, and looking out the window right now is reminding me just how beautiful it's. It's a perfect day here. The um, I ended up here. So my wife is from Maine. So right after my second son was born, we decided to move to Maine. Um, I had an opportunity to manage a, a private island off the coast of Maine. So we took that on. Um, which was, we moved, we moved there in January, and my son was a month old, <laughs> and my wife was not impressed for a while, but she's, <laughs> she's, she's got happy memories now. Yeah, good. Um, the island was, uh, was a private island, it was, you know, for rent during, during the summer primarily, and um, one of the guests that came that summer were the, uh, the Scanlons and um, their partner Mark Kleckner, mm -hmm. and they were, they'd already... They put a deposit on some equipment, so they were they were the the distillery ball was rolling. They hadn't actually found a property to put it in yet, but they were they were committed to moving ahead with it. And um, so on the island, in a little shed with a sign on it saying "Stay out," uh, I had a still because mm -hmm. I when I lived in France, I'd done some distilling with the neighbors there. It's it's legal to distill on a small scale in, in rural France. It's not legal to distill on a small scale in. But I was, I was doing it anyway. Moonshine. Uh, Moonshine. Actually, I used to make um, apple brandy was my favorite, and, and, and yeah, rum. Yeah. rum. Rum and apple brandies were mostly what I was making. But uh, some of the old East Coast drink. Yeah, in the 1600s, yeah, totally, 1700s. Totally. Rum, rum, and, rum and apple brandy were yeah. really traditional up there for sure. Uh -huh. um, anyway, so Pat, being Pat, just walked in there one day, I guess. So you know, saw the sign, walked straight in, and saw the still. Bumps into me later in the day, and he's like, "So, what's that still doing in the shed?" And I'm like, "I don't have a still in the shed." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's like, the conversation turns a little bit, and he mentions that he's thinking about 
they are going to open a distillery in, in uh, Colorado here. And so I was like, oh, so my, my, my tone changed a little bit from not knowing anything about that still to knowing a little bit about skills. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just enough, but not just too a, much. Just, just enough, yeah. So um, they came, they were on the island for three weeks that summer. And um, by the time they were getting ready to leave, Pat asked me if I'd consider moving out to Colorado and helping with this project. And here I am. There it so, is. Yeah. So like I say, not bad luck, not, not poor decision making. It's um, just fortuitous turn of events. Yeah, and as so you are a master distiller, but you are also VP of operations. That Those are two large hats to wear for a company like Whittaker. How do you balance it's, those two? Uh, well, I try to, you know, turn up sober in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's a lot of moving parts, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, the operations encompasses all the logistics, which is a lot. You know, we've got raw materials coming in, we've got glass coming in, we've got packaging. Um, shipments, you know, all the, all the purchase orders that come in have to be organized and got out in a timely fashion. Um, and then I'm, you know, constantly trying to make sure that our uh, quality control is, is up to date, you know, mon monitoring the production process. And then when I find a little bit of time, I try to develop some new products. So I'm, as I, I'm, I'm working on a gin right now, so this probably May we're going to release a, another limited edition Woody Creek gin. Yep. yep, cool. Well, it seemed like you had a few flasks, but uh, there's no wind today. It's a perfect 30 degrees bluebird, not a cloud in the sky, so the gondola mm -hmm. is ripping at, at full speed. <laughs> yeah, little, which, which is nice. Which is, it is nice, it means we'll get some turns in. So, um, just so we know what, what's maybe on deck for, for the next ride. So, we did the weeded bourbon, I brought a high ride bourbon, which um, I thought you'd like to try because we're going to release that. I didn't bring the schedule. I think maybe June that one's coming out. Mm -hmm. um, I'll talk about that one when we uh, when we crack it. And then just for fun, I bought a. Um, this is a sing sample of a single barrel that was 80% rye and 20% malt. Nice. That um, I made about five years ago and really didn't make much of this, which again is a shame because I really like it, but. Hey, well, sometimes that's what makes it more special. Yeah, we'll just, some of these things are, I'm not going to make it far out of this valley, and that's, and that's just fine. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. You're speaking my language, though. We got the weeded bourbon and high ride. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm right in I, line. I'm, I'm you excited might, you, with those. I, I may have tried doing this before in the past, but I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. It's, this, one, this one's, uh, this one's going to be popular. Yeah. And this, this one's permanent. We made enough of this. So, so you guys are kind of famous for growing the potatoes here on site. Yep. You got a few uh, plots of farm obviously in Woody Creek and yep. I think it's a an awesome ode to the history and culture of Aspen as potato farmers and helped yeah. us kind of get through the quiet years. Yeah. Uh, a great climate for growing potatoes. Potatoes do famously up there. I get asked this question in the distillery all the time. People are like, you grow potatoes up here? And I'm like, huh. potatoes are from the mountains. They're, yeah. from, they're from the Andes. That's, yeah. that's, where, that's where they were discovered. Mm -hmm. like they, potatoes just thrive up here. They, they changed the, the universal landscape real quick once the Europeans made contact in, right. in yeah. South America. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, Walter Raleigh, looking back to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah, and then they've, they've been in Europe ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Changed, changed the diet, obviously. Changed, we think of Ireland and Germany. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Ireland was eating so much potato and only potato that when the famine happened, they were in serious trouble. Yeah. 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 No. Is, have you done a potato? Have you aged a potato spirit? No. I never have, and I've, oh. I've, I've thought about it sometimes, but I've tasted 
other people who tried putting vodka into into wood and, yeah. and, and I've never never come across one that I was impressed with so I've not been putting yeah, that off. You to do that? What I, I might try putting some potato spirit in at a lower proof and yeah. see, see how that does. Could be, could be interesting. We guys switched the classic potato vodka bottle into a, a rebranding recently. Uh, about a year ago, yeah, and that's um. Was that because it was too tall for the bars, or? There was a lot of that, and then the leader didn't fit well in in wells, that yeah. kind of thing. But um, mostly it was we we changed marketing companies, and the new company strongly advised um, sort of unifying the branding across all the bottles. Remember the old gin bottle was different as well. Not, not, nothing. Yeah, kinda, square squatty bottle. Yeah, nothing. Mm -hmm. And we liked all the packaging, but it, like I say, the the advice we got was to to bring all the packaging to the into the same bottle, the same, the same design. Yeah. The, you know, the vodka bottle is still slightly taller, but yeah. um, and it's been great. People love it. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. We still have a decent stock of the old vodka bottles. If you're one of those people yeah. that can't get over the new vodka bottle, come see me in the distillery. I've got, I've got some you can. I stashed a few too for the customers. <laughs> we'll come on top. We'll let you get packed up here, yep, and then yeah. uh, I'll follow you on the hill. We finish this whiskey off and take some turns. Yep, yep, I'm ready. Uh, how's the new guy working out? What's that? How's the new arrangement working out? Oh, great. I just, uh, you know, sleep better, ski more, <laughs> work less. It's good. We saw a special guest in Liftline and asked him to cut. Mr. Duncan Klaus of Aspen Brewing. How do you do, sir? I'm doing great, thank you. Great to uh, run into you guys for a little. Uh, Sip of some sauce on the way this is, up. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is actually kind of interesting. We've done in the in the past, not for a couple of years now. We've done some uh, barrel collaborations with these guys, so we've given them our given them our barrels. In fact, one of them might have been this. But they brewed some beer in after. So we did we did the the six year weeded bourbon on the last ride, and uh, now it looks like we're getting into the high ride bourbon. High ride bourbon. So this is. Uh, 70% corn and 30% rye. It's um, this one's about four and a half, five years old, I think. Yeah. And just a little bit hotter. This is 49%. Yeah. So cheers. And this is cheers. As I mentioned, cheers. this one you'll be seeing on on the shelf pretty soon. Probably another three months. Mm. It's getting uh, getting some packaging developed for it. A little bit of uh, cherry kind of comes off for me for the fruit. Let's, let's hear your expert palate, Duncan. What you got for us, dude? I think, uh, you know, Dave just nailed it again, so. <laughs> you leave That's it my there. my expert opinion. It's delicious. <laughs> we've been, uh, we've, really been drink, we've been drinking this amongst ourselves at the distillery for a couple of years now. Yeah. And it, when it was a little younger. But, um, yeah, we've got, a, we've got enough of it that's four years old now that we can release it. It, it may have to be limited, allocated a little bit for a couple of years. But All right. As long as we get some, I'm cool with that. You, will, you, will, you can definitely get some. I can, I, I can guarantee that. So it'll just be called high rye bourbon. We're fighting on it. Um, some it's either going to be high rye bourbon or 70 30 because it's 70 percent corn, 30 percent rye. Yep. So we call it 70 30 in house, so people seem to like that. We'll see. We'll see. It's a question for the marketing people. All right, we'll let them do the job. Yeah. It was a nice first lap. Just kind of cruising top to bottom. Beautiful. I'm hot, but it's beautiful. What are you doing on a snowboard? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just having fun. Yeah. You know, learning a new sport. Nice. Good for you. I think you. I've done like 10 days on a snowboard, mostly just cruise by myself, go yeah. slow, and uh, kind of 
kind of laugh a little bit at being a beginner again. You're kind of in the sucky stage? Yeah, like uh, every turn's terrifying, but fun <laughs> all at the same time. Both of you to be doing it on Aspen Mountain, too. Like, I'm just going yeah, for I'm, it. I'm, Highlands, I'm, I'm lower I tried, I tried snowboarding one time, like, 25 years ago, and I think I was concussed by the end of the day. I was, it was one, one, one and done. Yeah, that well, edge I got some liquid different. courage today, so you might, <laughs> might see something special if you keep eyes out. Yeah, we'll keep loading these whiskeys up for you. You'll be uh, yeah, doing method grabs right off the right yeah. off the big hitters. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's going on these days? Um, just uh, cruising through the year. We're excited. Uh, it's fully patio season with this week's forecast, and um, you know, excited that spring's here. That town's feeling a little bit more normal and yeah. um rates are low and things are cruising is the tap room open uh, obviously there's fast and brewing a nice patio and 50 percent inside seat have you guys been open down valley we've been open whenever we've been allowed to i forget what it was, was it like april when they shut us down totally for a while but apart from that in the summer we've got some space outside we put uh, so this this summer just gone we put a bunch more tables out there and umbrellas and stuff and uh that worked out pretty good for us, yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, the last last couple of months over the winter at twenty five percent has been challenging, but we stayed open. Yeah, yeah. Been a challenge uh, for the for the on premise industry, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's been it's just been like a moving target. Every week's a little bit different rules and regulations. You have to like update your staff to and all that. Um, most, you know, tourists and visitors, even locals, like barely know what's going on. So it's a lot of like educating every person and every group that walks in that's been i think the biggest challenge for my team um trying to figure out figure out outside inside seating well you just have like a group of people walk in with like out masks and they're not from town and they're like walk in like oh well the place looks busy so we can just walk in and it's like okay hold on pause put a fucking mask on <laughs> yeah. um you know and just educating like every group like that um so that's i think been the biggest challenge of like moving you know changing of regulations every week or two or a couple of weeks and then again just sort of informing the the town's guests and locals and whatever what they can and cannot do as the vp operations you got to deal with that much or you know we have an excellent um bar manager tracy snow so uh i don't have to get involved with that too much which is which is thankful because um some days i'm not a people person yeah so i feel you yeah that, that guy who doesn't want to put his mask on could be a problem with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's just tough because, I don't know, I, 90% of the masks are just cloths anyway, but it's, yeah. it is the rule, and it's like you, when you're going out to an establishment, you know it's part of the program. Like, we don't need to make, uh, have resistance. and. No, know. we're about a, like a full year into this thing, and people still are, like, playing dumb. You're like, really? Where oh, I forgot my mask. Like, yeah. Where have you been for the last 12 months? Yeah, it's kooky. I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like. I feel like we're through it. I'm pretty. Pretty optimistic right now. Feeling good. Between, yeah, between the vaccine and summer coming, I think we could be. Have you had a vaccine? I have not had a vaccine. Um, I think I could be eligible in the next group. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm. Uh, I feel like they should give it to the people who need it first. So I'm. I'm not in a rush. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Have you had the coronavirus? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Good it's answer. A, my wife was sick this time last year and lost her sense of smell. And she had it then. And we were sharing a room the whole time, so yeah. I was pretty pretty sure I was exposed. But I definitely had it, and my wife never tested positive. So yeah, it's, I, it's I've, I've been quirky. Test, been tested and nothing. So yeah. Who knows? We're getting that nice, as high as the gondola gets, bounce. 
just to kind of slosh the whiskey around yeah, in our belly. Is what you think? If you like that? Just a little bit of wonkiness. That was good. So what have you guys put in the barrels for from Woody Creek to Aspen? Um, with the rye, we aged our um, imperial. We did an imperial version of the Conundrum Red because um, that has some rye in it and our malt bill. Oh, so that's and, my, that's my favorite beer right there. Yeah, and we still have some of that pouring on tap right now. I think it spent um, just over a year in the barrels, and it picked up some like really nice vanilla notes to it. Um, that's in the tap room right now. Yep, on tap. I know where I'm going after skiing. There you go. And I think it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's hovering just above ten percent ABV. Yeah, um, it's a pretty awesome beer. I, I, I found about I found one of the bottles you shared with me in my, in my fridge the other day and uh, awesome. took it home. So <laughs> can't believe that survived that long. But yeah, it's it's good beer. It's good. Recommend it to anyone. Yeah, it's so good. Well, the, the gun was moving fast again. What do you think? Should we hit whatever's third on deck here? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can find it. So that we're this is the limited one, high rye. Yeah. And. Uh, only Sundance is gonna have it, <laughs> and the Woody Creek Tap Room, right? Yeah, only two places on the planet. Yeah, only two places on the planet. I like that. All right, next up is a real rare one. This is 80% rye and 20% malted barley. Uh, barley being obviously the the grain that goes into Scotch and Irish whiskey. Yep. Yeah, and. Used quite a bit in American, but on, in pretty small it's amounts. Normally in smaller amounts, although there is a, a sort of a movement gathering some pretty some pretty good speed right now for uh, American single malts to to kind of define what it be, what it means to be an American single malt. Cheers. Um, Cheers. We have made quite a lot of single malt over the years. I've probably got a 100, 150 barrels of it laying down. Oh yeah. Um, the older stuff is starting to come good, so I'm thinking maybe 2022 will release some of that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be similar to the high ride. We've got enough that we can sort of sustain it, but it may have to be allocated a little bit. So back to the beginning when, or not the beginning, but I guess mid mid story when you met Mr. Scanlon out in Maine and you had a little moonshining distill out in the back that was hush hush. Yeah. Did you make the leap from that sort of operation to this industrial size scale? A little bit. There's a there's a potato vodka distillery up on mid coast Maine, Cold River, that I used to help out in, mm -hmm. um, and their main focus is potato potato vodka. And as as we were discussing earlier, Woody Creek, um, you know, the first thing we made out of the bat was potato vodka. So yeah. the fact that I had a little bit of experience at industrial scale and uh, and, and and in particular a little bit of experience of making potato vodka was what closed the deal for me being yeah. here. Yeah. What's, so what's the potato that you guys mainly use? Um, right now, we use Rio Grande's, which are a pretty standard Colorado potato. It's a russet. Mm -hmm. um, Do you grow any of the old McClure's? No, um, I have never been able to get seed McClure's, although Jason at Rock Bottom Ranch had a lead on him one time. He, he grew some, and I was hoping he'd get enough to do a batch, but he couldn't. Grow. It, didn't, it didn't grow enough scale that year for us to, yeah. to do, do a batch of McClure's, but that would be super cool. If, any, if anyone out there can get me a, a seven-ton load of red, of red McClure's, I will I would <laughs> be absolutely thrilled to make some vodka out of that. All right. And you guys used to do the limited Straboya. Uh, we still make that. It's, it's Straboya. Straboya. Stra I think it's actually Straboya. A, po a Polish guy came in the distillery one time and tried to teach me how to Correct pronounce it. Yeah. How to pronounce it. And I, I, still, I still can't do you it. You guys are still doing that. Yep, yep. We still make that. It's very limited. Um, 
It's not in distribution right now. We're, uh, yeah, I we're, can't get it. Well, you can come see me. Okay. I can get it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> you just got to drive down Valley. <laughs> it's, um, we are working on the packaging on that. So we, we have it in the new packaging, but we want to put it in a fancy box and put sparkle on it. And oh, there you go. Yeah. You'll have to do something similar with the McClure. Once we if, get if that, we, if we if we if we can get the McClure's, that's getting special package. I, I got that's, a new. That's going to be a fancy vodka. I have a new goal in life. I'm gonna, there you go. I'm yeah, going to help yeah, yeah. secure some McClure potato for you. There, there's people do grow them a little bit here and there, but like I say, to, in order to run up just one batch, I need about I need about seven tons. Yeah. So it's, How many tons of potatoes are you guys growing? We go through last season about 1.2 million pounds. 1.2 million pounds of potato. Yeah. The, 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 we, a couple of years yeah. ago, we did a 1.5 million. Damn. Yeah, it's a lot of potato. It is a lot of potato. Yeah. A lot of starch, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fermentable sugar, yeah. and uh, boom, a lot of booze. That's sweet. And what about the grains? Grains, um, way back we decided not to grow grains ourselves. The, the fields up here aren't really conducive to modern harvesting, mostly like the combines and stuff. So Your neighbors there on Sunshine Mountain Farms are, are trying quite a bit every uh, year to yeah, see yeah, what they've, goes. They're on my list to talk to them. Maybe we'll, maybe we can get some grain from them. Cooper Means and Company. He's yeah. he's been doing test trials, little little quadrants of yeah. Yeah. sometimes up to eighty different grains at a time from yeah, no, Amaranth Quinoa. I need to. Do you know him? Yeah. Oh yeah, connect me for sure. He's just trying to figure out what grows well up here and what might grow well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I know they have a short a, season. They've got huge yeah. tanks of oats sitting down at the farm right now, and they have no idea what to do. I've been wanting to ferment oats forever. Let me, let me, let's let's have that conversation. I, it, I hear, I hear it's challenging, and I, I could, I could. It's been a long time since I've had a, I've had a fermenter foam over and go all over, go all over the floor. So let's let's try it with oats. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Americans are into trying sort of what we're drinking: the wheat, uh, obviously corn, barley, rye. But I feel like whenever we've tried oats, people are definitely hesitant to try the the cereal grain. I've, in the whiskey. Yeah, I, I people have, you know, people do all kinds of strange stuff. I know a guy in New York who fermented buckwheat. Mm -hmm. and made a terrible whiskey. Yeah. So now I'm definitely not going to say anything. You're any closer to where that came from. But um, I think I know where it is. Oats. Uh, I have had a decent whiskey that had uh, like a 50% oat yeah. component. So I think, it, I think it's worth a try. A little, a little extra spice on this one, I feel like, compared to on, the, on this 80/20. Um, I call this the, the 80 80 rye 20 malt. Yeah. 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 It, it's um, it's a little closer to our 100% rye, so it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely got that spicy the sort of slight warmth from the from the rye. The rye you guys put out though are really round. A lot of people. Who might not be well, rye drinkers? They are spicy. How, 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 it, how, it's, how it's smooth it is. It's, yeah. it, people associate rye with, I think, a lot of Canadian whiskeys that are a little bit harsh on the palate. Yeah. Well, after two more, I feel like our next, our second run might be a little spicy yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan, I'm scared for mine. Yeah. Good, good luck on the snowboard, sir. up, buddy? And Thank uh, you. we're gonna ski a little bit more with Dave here and. I think we're going to leave you in the dust and enjoy your uh, warm-up turns. I'd expect it, um, but great to run into you guys. Thrilled yep. to uh, hop in on another Gandhi uh, podcast. Gandhi cast number two for Duncan. Dave, thanks for the whiskeys, man. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Absolute Dave. pleasure. Good to see both of you. Likewise.